Hey, everybody, before we start the show, I just wanted to tell you that we have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com and you can get rid of all of the pesky commercials. And it's cheap. It's only a dollar a month. Patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I'm recording on Friday, November 11th at 1.50 p.m. Um, why? Well, because I was going to record earlier this week because I thought there were people coming to the house to work on it, but it turns out uh, I got my weeks mixed up. So, yay! I get to record on Friday, which gives us a little bit more news than we were going to have before. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Tesla Roddy is reporting that Tesla is set to offer a new Model Y trim. The Environmental Protection Agency just approved a 2023 Model Y standard range all-wheel drive with 4680 battery cells. Back in April, Tesla actually built a standard range Model Y all-wheel drive with 4680 battery cells at Giga, Texas, but they only made it available to employees. So what does this news mean? I have no idea. I have been wrong so many times about this vehicle, uh, this particular version of the Model Y. I don't even want to hazard a guess because I'll just be more wrong. And as anybody who listens to this show on a regular basis knows, I'm wrong enough. I don't need to be more wrong. Tesla has started hiring production workers for the Cybertruck, which is exciting. Uh, You know what's more exciting than hiring people to build the truck that I've had a reservation for for the last three years and won't get it for four final specs and pricing. So I can, so I can see if a, I can afford it and B, if the specs actually end up being something that I want to spend my money on, if I could afford it. So that'd be nice. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, let's go from Cybertruck to salvaged Tesla's. Up until now, if a Tesla was salvaged, which basically means it was in a wreck and somebody decided that it was not able to be repaired, Tesla wasn't allowing that vehicle to go onto the supercharger network. And that was always a bummer because some of these cars are actually safe enough to go on the network. 
And Tesla was just saying no. And honestly, it wasn't a good look for Tesla. It kind of made them look like they were being a, a little jerky in the community. Electrek got a peek at an internal Tesla document called Salvage Title Vehicle Charging Safety Inspection. According to Electrek, if you own a salvaged vehicle and you take it in to Tesla, they will inspect it. And once it clears inspection, they will let it go back on the supercharger network. Next up, let's talk about charging connectors. When it comes to charging connectors, I'm sure you've heard of the J1772, the CCS charger, the Chatamo charger, CCS2, but have you ever heard of the North America charging standard? If you haven't heard of the North America charging standard, then don't feel bad because I hadn't heard of it either. All it is is the Tesla charge connector. That's it. Tesla is opening up the charge connector for other auto manufacturers and other charging companies to use. Basically, they want to make it an open standard and not a proprietary Tesla connector is really what it comes down to. Um, I do think this is pretty cool. I, I think it might be a little late in the game for Tesla to open this up and be like, okay, everybody, let's use our standard now. Like usually like a standards body would have a representative from different stakeholders. So they'd have somebody from Tesla, Hyundai, Ford, all these different uh, organizations out there. They would have something to do with EV charging. Somebody would be in this committee and everybody would work towards consensus. At this point, I think it's just been Tesla that's been working on this. I could be wrong. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to open it up like a standard. Are they going to relinquish control and truly make it open? Or are they going to say, no, this is something that we own, but we're just going to let everybody use it because it's better. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Tesla says it's better. I'm no expert on these things. Overall, though, I think Tesla opening up their connector is a, a good thing. For the EV community, whether or not manufacturers and other charging networks will jump on it, I who knows? Uh, only time will tell on that. All right, that's it for our Tesla news. Most of the news this week in, that would kind of involve Tesla, it really just involves Elon selling more Tesla stock and making changes at Twitter, so we're not going to address that stuff. Let's get to the regular EV news. Porsche has built 100,000 Taycans. Uh, which is impressive. Congratulations to the Porsche team. This is, this is a vehicle that's not cheap. It's over a hundred thousand dollars. There might be a version of the Taycan, the Porsche Taycan that's under a hundred thousand dollars, but not very many. So, uh, good on the Porsche team. It, moving on, Foxconn just bought a significant stake in Lordstown Motors. It doesn't sound like we know the exact number Foxconn invested in to Lordstown Motors, but it sounds like it's around $170 million. When Lordstown sold their their factory in Lordstown, Ohio to Foxconn and they signed a partnership for Foxconn to produce the Endurance, which is their Lordstown pickup truck. So my question to you is, what's going to happen to Lordstown Motors? Are they just going to fade away and go, to, go out of business? Um, are they going to get absorbed into Foxconn because Foxconn is building vehicles now? Or will Lordstown become successful? Let me know. Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. 
I think they're just going to go away myself and I don't want them to, but I think that's what's going to happen. The The company just had too many bricks stacked on it early on and it's just going to collapse. By the way, Foxconn has agreed to build cars for Saudi Arabia, just kind of as a side note there. I mean, it's kind of related, but not really. Subaru will not open a factory here in the United States to take advantage of the $7,500 federal tax credit because wages here in the U.S. are too high. Subaru's CEO said in Indiana, part-time workers at McDonald's earn between $20 and $25 per hour, which is in competition with what they pay, Subaru, temporary workers at their plant. He went on to say, if we were to build a new plant, it would be very difficult to hire new people for that. Labor costs are rising now. It is quite challenging for us to secure workers for our Indiana plant, including those of suppliers. So my question is, is how much do you want to pay Subaru? Um, Right now, I did a little bit of research. The average Ford and GM factory worker make about $19 an hour according to Glassdoor.com. But factory workers, their salary range is somewhere between $40,000 and $100,000 per year. So obviously, you know, as you, as you gain seniority and you get some skills underneath your belt, you're going to make more money at these companies. Whereas at McDonald's, you can move on to assistant manager and manager. And those positions do pay well. However, there's only so many people that can hold that position. If you work in at a plant in Indiana for Subaru, for instance, uh, there's much more room for for growth. Subaru should be able to provide benefits to employees that are equal to or greater than what McDonald's can provide their employees. Going back to Ford and GM, if you look at their rankings on Glassdoor.com, they rank very high. And employees rate Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, and Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, in the high 80s in terms of approval ratings. So, I mean, they're doing something right. You know, from a labor perspective, working at a factory making $25 an hour seems reasonable to me. That's about $52,000 a year plus benefits. The median price for a house in Indiana is right around $230,000, according to Zillow, and that gets you a 1,300-square-foot home. Um, adding in the you know growing cost of energy, food, you know, just having a family, owning a car or two, that number uh, of a $52,000 isn't all that much. Even if you have a second household or a second income in the household, that still doesn't leave a lot left over, depending on how many people you have in your, your family. So I don't know if this is something that is really and truly a concern for Subaru, because this is obviously labor costs or something you're going to have to think about when you open up a factory. And are you going to be able to get people to work for you? Uh, that's also important when you open up a factory. You need employees. Or is it just that Subaru hasn't really taken EVs very seriously? They're doing fine with their, their ICE vehicles and they don't really need. You know what? I shouldn't, I shouldn't say need. I should say they don't feel the need to open up an EV factory because what they're doing right now is they're just kind of wetting their big toe in, in the EV waters and they're not sold on it. So why would they spend billions of dollars on a factory and trying to get employees and stuff if they're not sold on EVs? And that makes sense to me. I don't I don't feel like 
Subaru is taking EV seriously anyway. So that's kind of where I think it is. Because if Subaru thought that they could make, let's say they could make $100 billion profit by building EVs, they would have a factory built tomorrow, uh, at least starting tomorrow. Next up, according to Climate Central, over the last 21 years, 83% of power outages have occurred because of climate-related incidents, such as wildfires, excessive heat or cold waves, hurricanes, and floods. 83% is a pretty high number, and even larger still is the actual cost to taxpayers. Like, all of this relief money comes from taxpayer dollars. Like, there is money that comes from insurance, but... <laughs> What is the insurance going to do? They're just going to raise the rates for everybody in that area to cover their costs. They're not going to eat all that. To help combat this, countries worldwide are deploying a combination of wind and solar solutions combined with battery storage to store energy in the event of an emergency. Peter Johnson of Electric wrote a nice little article suggesting that vehicle-to-home is a short-term solution to this problem. In other words, power your home with electric vehicles in the case of an emergency. So the F-150 comes with a nice big battery option that can power your home for up to 10 days, according to Ford. Ford calls it Ford Intelligent Backup Power. The Nissan Leaf also has vehicle-to-home capabilities. The problem with vehicle-to-home solutions is that you need a compatible vehicle, a compatible charger, and extra hardware that can be quite costly to buy and install. Clearly, this is not a solution for everyone. Like, I think the the hardware that you need just for the Ford, uh, just for the, the parts so that you can power your home, I think that hardware is $3,500, not including installation. So it's not cheap. It's pretty expensive. But you don't necessarily need all of that equipment for an electric vehicle to work for you in the sense of a power outage. Like a doctor recently used his R1T to provide electricity so that he could give somebody a vasectomy because the power went out and the patient was very insistent that he wanted his vasectomy done because he had scheduled it. Um, if you own an EV that comes with an outlet or has an adapter for outlets, then you can run things like your refrigerator or power an electric grill or or if you have a medical device that's kind of critical to have power so that you can continue living, uh, this would be a great use for that outlet. Like Hyundai Ionic 5 and the EV6 offer an adapter that you can plug into the charge port and then that just gives you a regular outlet and you can power anything that your heart desires as long as it takes a 110 outlet here in the United States. Clearly, this isn't a perfect solution. It's going to take time before we have more um, EVs on the road so that everybody can take advantage of this. Only people who own these vehicles and maybe their family and friends can take advantage of this. And that's not perfect. But as EVs become more common, as they sell newer and newer EVs, the EVs that are out there right now, they will become older and they will be sold as used vehicles and people who can't afford a new car will be able to hopefully fingers crossed purchase one of these vehicles and have this capability in the event of emergency which i am all for and by the way if you are interested chris ashley of the barbecue and tech podcast he took his f-150 lightning tailgating and powered everything from his truck so it he had he had some good things to say about it 
I'll try and remember to find the episode and I'll put the link in the show notes. I don't always remember to do that, but I always have the best intentions. All right, we're getting close. Two more stories to talk about. We know that maintenance required for an EV is almost nothing. It's not nothing. You still have to do some maintenance on it, but it's not as much as you would with an ICE car. So it makes sense for an organization running fleets to convert from ICE vehicles to electric vehicles. A report from the Arizona PIRG Education Fund and the Frontier Group surveyed the 10 biggest Arizona municipalities and found there's significant potential for savings over the next 10 years by electrifying fleets. Now, obviously, right now, you can't electrify every vehicle that would be in the fleet. Like, we have fire trucks. And there are some electric fire trucks out there, uh, despite what you might be hearing. Not a lot of them are being sold, um, mainly because it's still pretty new. And fire departments aren't going to put $1.6 million on a vehicle when they don't know if it's going to work for them. It's a pretty high number just to test something out. But anyway, where we can, converting from ICE vehicles to EVs makes a lot of sense. So the city of Tempe, just as as an example, they have a population of around 184,000 people that they serve. If they were to electrify their fleet, they could save $2 million in that 10 years. The city of Phoenix, uh, which is Arizona's largest city, has a population of 1.6 million people. They would save around $25 million in that 10 years if they converted their fleet to electric vehicles, which is pretty impressive. So if all these cities, municipalities, if they converted to an EV fleet today, over the next 10 years, they would save uh, right around $80 million, which is a pretty significant savings to taxpayers. And finally, on the Fisker Q2 2022 earnings call, I mentioned that there would be some changes coming to the Inflation Reduction Act in terms of EV tax credits. But I didn't talk about it then because I hadn't read the article yet. Well, turns out the little bit of information that I've already given you was wrong. There's not changes to the Inflation Reduction Act coming. It's actually a new bill. So it is the Affordable Electric Vehicle for America Act. It's the goal of this bill, which has not been voted into law, it's just been proposed, is to lower the threshold to owning an EV. We talked about how Europe and South Korea, they weren't happy with the way the Inflation Reduction Act structured its tax credits and the requirements, because it was basically like by January, you have to meet these things. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of out of luck. You're not going to part. You're not going to be able to participate in the full tax credit. And I talk about this stuff a lot and I'm not going to beat you over the head with it because sometimes I feel like I do that and I shouldn't. Um, so. The whole point of this bill is to slowly phase in the requirements of the Inflation Reduction Act so that it's not such a steep cliff. Like before August, before the Inflation Reduction Act was actually signed into law, the Hyundai Ionic 5 qualified for the tax credit. But then, you know, after the the bill was signed into law, it doesn't it doesn't qualify anymore. 
And that's a very steep cliff. And we talked about this last week and, and other weeks with these earning calls, earnings calls is that the CEOs are confident that they'll qualify. Their vehicles will qualify, but they don't know for sure. So I think that this bill is actually reasonable and I applaud the Congress people for actually, uh, proposing it because it, like, it doesn't make sense to make all of this money available. And then be like, oh, none of these cars actually qualify. What are we pushing forward if nobody can take advantage or very few people pull people? Can, I'm having a hard time talking. People can take advantage of the actual tax credit. I think this is reasonable. I think that whoever put together the Inflation Reduction Act should have probably done it this way anyway. Um, I'm in favor of a more gradual process. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. If you live in the L.A. area or you're willing to travel to the L.A. area for the L.A. Auto Show, Jerbo has two free tickets to the L.A. Auto Show. And he just wants him to go to a good home, which I think is very kind of him. So you can email me and I'll put you in touch with one another. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com if you are interested in two free tickets to the LA Auto Show. All right, everybody, that is it for me. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will talk to you sooner than a week. I don't know why I keep doing that. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a good day, everybody. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.